This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, another side to financial literacy is the different communities which can benefit from this type of education. It's not just an English language issue, but what about those who speak other languages? David Musto, professor of finance here at the Wharton School and director of the Stevens Center for Innovation in Finance joins us with more on that. David, great to talk to you again. How have you been? It's great to be back. Thank you. And I understand that you are doing work right now on a Spanish language program around financial literacy. Well, we're just uh, getting started on that. Yes, I, this is a, actually an inbound inquiry that we got to the Stevens Center uh, from some uh, bankers, really, uh, t discussing how they do business with uh, especially the immigrant community, people coming recently from other countries where often they've had very bad experiences with the financial services industry in their own country. And this has made them very wary of engaging with financial services uh, in this country, understandably. And so the question is, how can people be educated about how how the financial system works in this country, what are the safeguards, and what are the products, how to engage with financial uh, service providers uh, safely in this country. So that that's a project we're just embarking on. Right. And because when you're talking about somebody coming into this country for the first time, there's probably a lot of uneasiness and hesitancy to begin with. And so by being able to bring forward a program like this, uh, potentially, you're hopefully alleviating some of the, those potential issues. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's right. I think there, there are a lot of financial products that um, it would just very helpful for a family and is, is to, to live without that, to, to put your money in the mattress because of what happened in another country. It's just, uh, you're just missing out on a lot, especially now that we have uh, this higher inflation uh, the cost of not minding your money carefully has really gone up. What do you think that then we as a country have kind of missed uh, in terms of financial literacy? And what do you think we need to employ as we move forward to improve that as well? Well, so I have also involved in overseeing a financial literacy course for uh, high school students. Right now we have um, several hundred students taking this. It's actually, it's a Penn course. They're, they're taking it for Penn course credit at their high schools uh, right now, just just wrapping that course up. And so I had to think hard about this. Uh, what 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 do you need to know to uh, make your financial decisions that you have to make uh, um, wisely and also to be an informed voter? And uh, one thing I learned, just for example, so this is aimed at 17-year-olds, one of the most generous programs the federal government has is the income-driven repayment of student loans. It's, it's a generous program, and it is, it's likely to become more generous. And yet the high school students I spoke with uh, didn't even know about it. Very rarely do they have even heard about it. And yet here's this program meant to soften the blow of you know, taking out a loan and ending up in hard times. And therefore, because it softens the blow, it's, it's an invitation to take a risk you might not otherwise take um, with your education. And, uh, but if you don't know about it in advance, then we're not getting the benefit of these students uh, taking that risk. 
And so that that's a way that, um, you know, financial literacy will hopefully pay off, um, you know, for everybody. I know you also uh, in your research have focused on consumer credit. And if I can have you speak to the importance of that as a component of financial literacy for either young people growing up or for adults as well. Yeah. um, So and consumer credit is a big uh, part of that course. I have uh, so trying to introduce students to what they're going to see as far as, uh, you know, not just the student loans or credit cards, car loans, other uh, related products, um, and also to sort of understand the very dire consequences of running out of cash and then uh, then having, you know, overdraft protection and payday loans and credit card debt, extremely expensive ways to make it through a tough moment. Uh, you know, this is all, uh, you, if, if you could just avoid falling into those traps, uh, which are so hard to get out of, um, you know, your, 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 your life is just so much brighter. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's, I, I think, and again, people who went through the financial crisis, you can see how there was a lot of weariness about getting into debt after that, which, you know, I think you and I can agree is probably on balance, a healthy thing. Um, but you don't want to entirely avoid using consumer credit products uh, and, you know, uh, just, you know, it, it's, a, it's a way, you know, you know, buy a house and pay for it over the years you enjoy it or buy a car and pay for it over the years you enjoy that or take out a student loan, become educated and pay the loan off of the off of the human capital you built. These are all great things you can do with uh, with consumer credit if you're smart about it. Well, and I was going to add in uh, the credit score itself and the impact of paying those uh, bills off on time versus not paying them off and the understanding about how that can play into some of those life decisions as people uh, go on with the different components of their life. Absolutely, yes. And actually, I remember last time I think I, we, we spoke, um, we were also talking about the importance of taking a look at your credit file, um, yeah. which, you, which you can do for free. Don't let anyone charge you to look for it. It's, it's free. And you often find mistakes. And if you find mistakes, that your credit bureau is obliged to uh, take you seriously and, uh, and remove the mistake. So take a look, because that can also, in addition to the fact that, you know, just difficulties you've had in the past are going to feed through to a lower credit score. On top of that, there's so much identity theft and fraud and all these things going on these days. There could be something that you have no, you have no idea it's, it's dragging you down until you take a look. Are, are you more optimistic or, or pessimistic right now in terms of how people are thinking about financial literacy and the want to uh, to learn more about a lot of these issues? Yeah, I, it is a big push at the um, state level in many states to require financial literacy. There certainly was no requirement for for me in a class of 1983 in high school. Right? The, the, the thought of teaching financial literacy, I don't think I came up at all. Uh, and I certainly took out student loans as much as I could in, uh, you know, to go to college. And I, and I just did it. I figured, well, got to do it. But I, I really didn't uh, think through what I was getting myself into. Uh, probably would have done it anyhow, but it certainly would have helped. Uh, and that was that was my first interaction with consumer credit, which is, as you can see, it's it's a it's one of the biggest decisions we make to take out loans that big. And we're doing it at 17 years old. That is, uh, you know, that that's that sort of big mismatch there and how ready we are and how big a decision we're making. 
Well, and, and the program that you do uh, is fantastic. And I think it is, you know, kind of the natural question of where we stand right now in this country around financial literacy, the resources or lack thereof at times to be able to have those types of courses in our schools so that uh, especially teenagers have, you know, kind of that, that basic understanding for when they go off to college or when they get that first job so that they can, you know, be prepared for some of these things that get thrown at them. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you see, so it's, it's starting your first job. When you get in your first job, you're probably going to have a defined contribution 401k plan. It's probably going to be the way your retirement is funded. And, uh, you know, this is you're making a very a decision about a very far off thing, but you're making it right now. You walk in there, and uh, these days, one thing I've learned is that most people, when they walk in that job and they they click a box, and that on that first day during your orientation, they click the box for the target date fund, that with the date that's approximately when they would retire. You know, 40, 45 years later, mm-hmm. everyone. Now, most people choose that, and, and you know, what is it? Why? What does it do? How, why, that's something that we decided we would tackle in this course, even though it's a tremendously far off, um, uh, you know, uh, payout. But you're making the decision now, so you, you you should know what you're doing. And and not only, but just you know, clicking that button and not doing anything with it over the next 30, 35, 40 years, but really having kind of an active view of what's in there and 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 the benefits that you're getting and how you can continue to improve it over the course of time yeah yeah well it's just a fact of life that you know compared to uh you know my parents generation uh we just have all these financial decisions to make for ourselves Uh, we don't have the pension plan that people had 50 years ago this is it you know well there's social security and then there's this, and that's it, and uh, and so it really is, you know. And that money, that what's going on with the money in your account? Well, you just simply have to take that seriously. Uh, and that leads to another point, which is to talk about Social Security. Uh, another thing that we were thinking about with designing this course is to help students become informed uh, voters and citizens, um, and to tackle the issues that that maybe there's not not so much they can do about it. Except that they are voters that, that they have a decision to make. And, you know, with Social Security, there's all this talk about how the Social Security Trust Fund is going to be depleted and in 10 years. And what does that mean? And so we took a moment in our course to, to spell out, well, this is how Social Security works. This is the trust fund. This is what they mean when they say it's going to be depleted. Here's the question, you know, and, and you're going to be as a voter going to be a decision maker about what happens next. David, great to have you with us. Thanks for all the insight, and good luck with the class. Thanks a lot. Thank you. David Musto, who's a professor of finance here at Wharton and also director of the Stephen Center for Innovation in Finance. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.